All hail the king. On today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks, I'll go over Jeremy Colleton getting fired over the weekend after a 1-9-2 start to the season. I'll also break down the Blackhawks' 2-1 victory over the Nashville Predators and interim coach Derek King's debut. And then I also have to discuss 2020 first-round pick Lucas Reichel recording a hat-trick last night for the Rockford Icehogs as well. All right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, November 8th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. If you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, good morning, everyone. As always, thank you for tuning into the show today and for making Lockdown Blackhawks your first listen to start the morning. Folks, this is the first ever Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube video. And first, I got to say, I really appreciate all the support that I've had over the last year, now actually uh, close to a year and a half since taking over as the host of Lockdown Blackhawks. Really, really appreciate all the support, but now I need to ask you all for one more huge favor, which is to please like this video and go and subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube page. It would help me in more ways than I can explain to you right now. So again, please, 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 be sure to go and like this video and subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube page. But getting into some, <clears throat> excuse me, getting into some Blackhawks stuff this morning though, folks, before getting into the 2-1 to victory over the Nashville Predators last night, I wanted to be sure to start this episode off by discussing Jeremy Colleton officially getting let go by the Chicago Blackhawks over the weekend, along with assistant coaches Tomas Mitel and Sheldon Brookbank. And it was three years to the date that the Hawks fired Joel Quenville and named Jeremy Colleton his successor, which seemed only fitting. Um, felt like this was going to happen for a while now, folks. Seemed like it was just inevitable at this point. But the first thing I want to say here is that I honestly do feel bad for Jeremy Colleton because he he was basically given uh, a pile of flaming dog crap and expected to turn it into gold. And I know that after all the moves they made this offseason and the intent of the anticipation that built up over the summer to finally have a team that we thought was going to compete for a playoff spot. Um, I get it, you know, one nine and two, a hundred percent unacceptable. But I will say that in his three years here, Jeremy Colleton never really had the best opportunities to succeed in Chicago. Going back to when he first took over for Joel Quenville, I mean, that team made horrible moves that offseason. Stan Bowman, that was an actual joke, brought in. The three big-name offseason acquisitions that they brought in were Chris Kunitz, 
who is on the brink of retiring and is now uh, an assistant coach, or not an assistant coach, but a development coach with the Blackhawks. Cam Ward, who was in his final year in the NHL. And then Brandon Manning, who literally was one of the worst defensemen in the NHL. Those were the three big offseason acquisitions that uh, that Stan Bowman made to this team. And also, for Colleton to not have a training camp with this squad as well, I mean, that year was basically a wash right from the get-go. And then the next year, 2019-20, obviously, COVID cut the season short in March. And while the Blackhawks were likely to miss the playoffs, no one knows how things were going to go in those final 12 games of the year. And even though it might not have shown it in terms of wins and losses, there was progress being made all around, at least in my opinion. That was a scrappy Blackhawks team, and then they wind up beating the five-seeded Edmonton Oilers in the play in the play-in round due to that COVID postseason. So there was a little hype for that team now. And then last year, Another COVID-shortened season. No Jonathan Taze. He misses the entirety of the year. No Kirby Doc for most of it, breaking his wrist at the World Juniors, along with just an aging defensive core and basically no experience in goal. You know, with that combination, the team never really stood a chance. So, um, and again, I completely agree that the start to the season was completely unacceptable after everything that happened in the offseason. But looking at it from this year, I mean, who was the guy that had to answer all the questions and had to deal with all the pressures from the lawsuit in the last couple of weeks? That was Jeremy Colleton. The Wurtz, they haven't spoken to the media. Stan Bowman didn't speak to the media. None of the upper management spoke about that. Instead, Jeremy Colleton was the one that had to answer for the organization, despite, you know, in 2010, him being in the middle of his playing career, he, he wasn't even close to being around in Chicago. Um, so it was just never <clears throat> a good situation for Jeremy Colleton to be in. And again, I'm not advocating that Colleton shouldn't have been fired. I agree that at this point, a change absolutely needed to be made. But at the same time, I don't think it's completely fair for people to go and assume that Colleton is a bad NHL coach or isn't going to have success anywhere else in the league because uh, I don't want people to think that it was, you know, totally his fault here. I I really can't put 100% of the blame on Jeremy Colleton. I mean, you certainly got to blame the players at some point as well. And that's even what Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane referred to last night in their post-game interviews. They just felt bad for the firing of Colleton and Brookbank and Mitel for that matter, that they just basically said that they wish that they could have done more in order to ensure that those guys were successful. So at the end of the day, though, you know, um, this is a business and the result in terms of wins and losses hasn't nearly been good enough through those opening 12 games. And that's Basically what general manager Kyle Davidson said in his introductory presser with Derek King on Sunday morning. And by the way, real quick, what a press conference that was from those two. And it's been a while since I could say that a a Blackhawks press conference actually went well and didn't want to make me rip my hair out. But King and Davidson both, I thought, said 
all the right things about the situation, showed a lot of <clears throat> maturity and, and character, and demonstrated and, and provided good context to the Blackhawks community that changes and positive ones at that matter are coming here in the future. And, and what Davidson said to me that really stood out was sometimes it's not about the losses. It's about how you lose. And in his mind, the players just were not responding the way they should have been to Colleton's message after that dreadful of a start. I mean, Friday night against Winnipeg, to be 1-8-2 and two and to come out that flat in the first five minutes, there just was no sense of urgency going on throughout this club. Um, but it was interesting to hear that in that press conference, Davidson said that he was the one that, that made this decision. He has full control and that he went to the Wurtzes after that loss to Winnipeg on Friday and basically told them that he believes a change need, needed to be made. Uh, and again, the Wurtz, they've officially given him that power. Davidson has full control now as general manager and also over the hockey operations side of things. And he had seen enough to pull the plug on Colleton on Saturday afternoon. And he elected to go with Ice Hogs head coach Derek King as the interim through the remainder of the season. Davidson also announced on Sunday that a search for a new head coach is not going to happen until the end of the season. So Derek King is going to be the man for the rest of the 2021-2022 campaign. And the King era, even though it may be just as the interim, has officially begun here in Chicago. And first off, folks, I got to tell you about how awesome of a man Derek King seems to be. I mean, just an overall fun guy to be around. Um, and in that presser on Sunday morning, he, he was... Again, he was funny, he was cracking jokes, um, not being too hard on the situation or anything. He was very light about everything, open and honest, spoke the truth about being nervous to be behind the bench in the NHL for the first time, which I don't think you'd hear a lot of coaches admit to at this level. Uh, but literally everything that King said just gave me full belief that this is going to be a breath of fresh air for this Blackhawks team after such a, a tough and tight start to the season. Uh, as I said, King's cracking jokes. Um, he's trying to laugh with the players about the situation. You know, obviously it's awkward and it's tough. They just got their head coach fired because of one of the most abysmal starts, probably the most abysmal start in franchise history. Um, but he's lighthearted. You know, telling the players that this is an open-door policy. He wants full-on communication from everyone. And he really just seems like the right guy to be the interim for this team going forward. And I will admit, you know, initially I was a little confused as to why Mark Crawford wasn't the one to get the interim tag. But after learning more and more in the last 24 hours about Derrick King, I completely see why Davidson elected to go that route. And by the way, Mark Crawford was the only one that wasn't fired off of Jeremy Colleton's coaching staff. And Davidson said that he did that in order to kind of give King a plethora of help and NHL experience from behind the bench because King doesn't have any. So uh, wanted to give King the proper support group still. Crawford, while he was part of Colleton's system, he still has a little bit of an outside perspective and a different mentality to go about things. Um, but most importantly, Davidson wanted to go with King as the interim because. 
he thought that while King is familiar with a lot of these players and developed them down in Rockford, he still has a completely different mindset than Jeremy Colleton did. And that's what Davidson thinks is needed to kind of put this thing back together, which I completely agree with at this point. And King seems like that guy that is just calm and collected, a real player's coach. And then Crawford, on the other hand, he's the one who can be a little bit more intense but he also has the NHL pedigree, a Stanley Cup champion, tons of experience to, you know, get things done in any given situation that the team's going to be faced with. So basically, it's going to be a tandem effort here between Crawford and King going forward. And also, according to Kyle Davidson, there is still going to be one more assistant coach added to this Blackhawks staff sometime soon. But at the moment, Derek King has officially taken over as the interim, with Mark Crawford remaining as the assistant to give King some guidance along the way. All right, I think that takes care of everything I wanted to talk about on Jeremy Colleton getting fired by the Blackhawks over the weekend. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to get into a recap of the Hawks' 2-1 overtime victory over the Nashville Predators on Sunday night. But first... I need to talk to you all about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more right now at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. I also need to talk to you all about Indeed. Thanks to the great resignation, the job market is filled with once-in-a-generation talent. But how is your organization going to put together an all-star team? Your front office needs an all-star roster, and you can do so right now through Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you exactly what you want. A short list of quality candidates as fast as possible, because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire all with Indeed. And with Indeed Instant Match, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post. So get started right now with a $75 sponsored credit by going to Indeed.com slash LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to upgrade your job post. One more time, that's Indeed.com slash LOCKEDON for a $75 credit through December 31st. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment two now. First, before I'm going to talk about that, if you're listening to the audio version of this, be sure to go and look up the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube page and give the channel a subscribe, please. And if you're watching the video, hit the like button. And also, if you're not subscribed by now, please go and do so because this is going to be your one-stop shop for everything Blackhawks. Now, let's discuss the Chicago Blackhawks picking up a 2-1 OT victory last night over the Nashville Predators and Derek King's NHL debut behind the bench. And with King only getting basically the morning skate with the team ahead of his debut, there just wasn't really 
any time to implement changes or anything to the system and, and the structure that the Blackhawks have been running so far this season. The only thing that King really did differently is that he just told the club to go out there and have some fun, play loose, play free, and go off of their instincts. And in comparison to how Colleton ran things when he was here, I just think he just thought the game through maybe a little bit too much for these players' sake. Because, you know, sometimes I understand that preparation is a huge, huge thing. But sometimes when you put so much thought and preparation into certain situations, that doesn't really do you any any good because hockey isn't always like that. You know, hockey, it's, it's a bang-bang, fast-paced game. And sometimes you just need to be able to, to think on the fly and trust your abilities in order to get things right. And when you get caught up in all the scheme of things, maybe it's just... I thought it might have been a little bit too easy for the Hawks to kind of forget what they were really trying to accomplish out there. Score goals, play solid defense, and get get a victory. I mean, I just felt like they were so all the time focused on getting the system right when Jeremy Colleton's system really had never been proven at this level. So, I don't know. I'm not trying to suggest that those words from from King made all the difference in the world and is what led to a 2-1 to win last night, but I also can't sit here and deny that the Blackhawks put together not only one of their best overall efforts on the season, but certainly their best defensive performance as a team here in the opening 13 games. Last night, the Blackhawks wound up allowing just 21 shots on goal from the Predators, which is by far a season best, and also tied for the fewest that they have uh, surrendered since way back in February of 2020 before COVID was even a thing against the Vancouver Canucks. Again, I I don't know if you can give King all the credit here or not, but regardless, it was very nice to see this Blackhawks defense finally shut the door on an opponent last night and not give up too many high-danger chances. And one difference I also wanted to be sure to mention with King calling the shots now was the difference in the Blackhawks lineup. King elected to move some pieces around, most notably with Alex DeBrinkett back with Patrick Kane on the top line. And then also <clears throat> Dominic Kubalik was finally reunited with Captain Jonathan Taves as those two have shown some tremendous chemistry together in the past. But for whatever reasons, Calton just never really played them together in the opening 12 games of the season, which didn't make sense to basically everyone. And last night, King also elected to put Dylan Strom on the third line for the Blackhawks, playing him at the center position when Colleton was mostly using Strom down in a fourth-line role while also playing him most of the time on the wing. And my hope here is that with King now calling the shots, he's just going to leave Stromer alone, let him play at center, let him get comfortable there, and just give him some time to play in the exact same role. I hated this back and forth between positions and the in and out of the lineup mentality that 
Strom has been plagued with for the last year now when Colleton was still the coach. It's time to free up Dylan Strom, not only by playing him consistently, but also just by leaving him alone in the same exact position for more than just a one or two game stretch. I never think that, I never thought that did him any good in the last year, year and a half or so. And now getting into a quick recap of the contest. Not a whole lot going on in those opening 20 minutes. A pretty slow tempo and not many scoring opportunities for either side. But then early on in the second period, Brandon Hagel opened up the scoring to put the Blackhawks ahead one to nothing. Corralled the shot off the end boards from Seth Jones. By the way, Jones extended his point streak to four games with that assist and now has 11 apples on the season, the most by any NHL defenseman. But Hagel corrals his shot off the end boards, stuffs it past UC Saros. That was his fourth goal of the season and also his fourth in the last six games. And Saros, by the way, I, I gotta mention him real quick. This this freaking guy just continued to give the Hawks offense fits last night. And aside from Hagel, they just could not find a way to beat him in regulation. And going back all the way to last season, if you all remember, the Preds bested the Hawks in seven of their eight meetings, mostly due to UC Saros just completely shutting the door on the Hawks' offense. So it was nice to see uh, this team finally be able to beat him and the Predators last night in the first meeting of the season. The only goal for the night by Nashville came... Less than two minutes after Hagel opened the scoring, the momentum goals, the first couple minutes of the period, the last couple minutes of the period, and the first two or three after scoring a goal, that still continues to haunt this Blackhawks team a little bit. And I just talked about how they did put together their best overall defensive performance of the season. Well, this was one of the few breakdowns that they had on the night. Preds defenseman Alexander Carrier, Carried the puck behind the net, and then, for whatever reason, Calvin DeHaan kind of just stood there and allowed him to drive the puck to the net. It wasn't a good goal to give up by Lankinen by any means, I will say that. But, more importantly, Carrier just should have never been able to take the puck to the net so easily. DeHaan has to either get his stick there in time, he decided to leave a stick in the slot, or... He has to take the body on Carrier. He wound up not doing either, and the Predators were able to tie the score one to one near the midway point of the game. That was all the offense we got in regulation, folks. I will say though that the third period certainly had a better pace than the opening forty minutes did. But both goaltenders, Saros for Nashville, and then Kevin Lankinen for the Blackhawks. Lankinen, by the way, got his first start in nine days after Mark Andre Fleury was in there for four straight. But Lankinen didn't show any signs of being rusty or anything last night. He wasn't tested very often in those first two periods, but in the final 20, he made a couple of tremendous stops, including a big one with the glove on Matt Duchesne to keep the game tied at 1-1. to And without those saves, you know, I'm not sure if the Blackhawks would have been able to do what they did in overtime. Uh, or been able to even tie the score in that matter because UC Saros was just a brick wall back there for the Preds. 
But the Blackhawks were able to force overtime in just 37 seconds into the three-on-three period. Kane connects with Dabrinkit on a two-on-one to give the Blackhawks the two-to-one victory. Dabrinkit's seventh goal of the season and also his fifth in the last seven games. Kane also picks up career point number 1,100 on his career. And Derek King moved to 1-0-0 as head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, and he was so giddy after getting that first win in the book. Said he didn't want to take his mask off in the postgame presser because he was smiling too much, and it was just like a a cute little moment of him talking to the Blackhawks. Uh, The Blackhawks Twitter page released a video of what he had to say to the team after the game, and it was just a good heartfelt moment there, and also a, a beautiful gesture by Alex Dabrinkit after the goal, going and picking up the puck out of the net to give to King for his first NHL victory. A cool moment there for the Blackhawks. And they now move to 2-9-2 on the season thanks to a big OT goal from Kane and Dabrinkit. Last couple details I have from last night's game. The Blackhawks actually were down to just 10 forwards for that overtime period as Mackenzie Entwistle was forced to exit early with an ankle injury and Brandon Hagel also suffered a shoulder injury from falling full force on the ice. Neither looked very good, if I'm being honest. And the Blackhawks, just about an hour ago now, recalled Reese Johnson from the Rockford Icehogs, which, to me, indicates that Entwistle and slash or Hagel are looking at missing some time here with the injuries that they suffered last night versus the Predators. All right, that takes care of my recap on the Blackhawks' 2-1 win over the Predators last night. Coming up in just a minute, I am also going to get into former first-round pick Lucas Reichel's big night on Sunday with the Rockford Icehogs. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Bilt Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like strawberry and double chocolate, salted caramel, and they now have a couple of new flavors that just came out. Grasshopper Cookie, which is really good if you like mint. They just sent me a package. They were fantastic. I also got to try the Blueberry Muffin Protein Bars, which I honestly couldn't even believe was a thing. It tastes just like blueberry. It's incredible. And now they also have cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and many more flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use our promo code LOCKED15, capital L in LOCKED, then the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Moving on into segment three, before I let you all go and enjoy the rest of your afternoons, I also want to be sure to talk about the night that 2020 first round pick Lucas Reichel had for the Rockford Icehogs. Reichel picked up his first career hat trick at the AHL level to carry the Icehogs to a 4-3 victory over the Manitoba Moose, including just an incredible effort for his third of the night, dangling through a defender and beating Manitoba's goalie with the backhand. And that now gives Reichel 
Six goals and two assists for eight points through his first eight games of AHL action this year. And while I still don't think there's any rush at all on getting Reichel up to the NHL, I mean, at this point, considering all the offensive struggles that the Blackhawks are going through at the moment, still sitting on 16 even-strength goals through their opening 13 games, that just makes me wonder if the front office is having any thoughts at all right now about calling up Reichel to the NHL level. And clearly, he's been able to get it done so far down in the A. I know it's only been eight games, but this kid is is making some moves that demonstrate his skill set is just far and beyond what most players have down in that level. And I really could not be any more excited about the future that Lucas Reichel could have. As I talked about when going over my top 10 prospects list, Reichel came in at number one, no surprise there. And that's because I really believe he's the only one in the system right now that truly has superstar potential. The stick handling, the speed, the offensive skill set, offensive skill set, the awareness on defense, plus the ability to make things happen on the back check. All around, he's just been really impressive so far since coming over to North America. Again, clearly, there still isn't a rush right now with Reichel. Reese Johnson was the one that was just called up earlier this morning. But I do think that if Brandon Hagel is in jeopardy of missing some serious time, that may lead to Reichel coming up to the NHL and trying to provide this team with with a little bit more offense because, as I just said, they still haven't been able to accomplish much at 5-on-5 five five this season, and Hagel has been one of their best players in the last few weeks, and you certainly can't replace him with Reese Johnson And also, with Tyler Johnson out of the lineup right now as well, he's got COVID issues, he's got an arm injury. Not sure how severe that injury is, but he's still not on the ice for the Blackhawks yet. Um, That's another big hit to the offense. And that, again, just makes me wonder if Lucas Reichel could be on his way up to Chicago in the not-so-distant future. I'm all for not rushing this kid along because... I really think the Blackhawks did a due diligence with Adam Boquist and rushing him through the system a little too fast. But at the same time, folks, with what we've seen from Reichel so far, I don't know how much longer he has to prove himself in the AHL. And the Blackhawks definitely are going to be in need for some more offense in their forward group. And Reichel's one of the few guys down in the AHL that I believe could come up and, and help out the Hawks in that department. So if Brandon Hagel is forced to miss some time with an injury, some severe time, I do believe that could lead to Lucas Reichel being called up by the Blackhawks here sometime in the next couple weeks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Monday, November 8th's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey Podcast. His host, Scott Colin leans on his decades of fantasy hockey, hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to go check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. 
You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talk and Hockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, be sure to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.